Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seen It All, where we break down this week's biggest movie and TV news. And we're on the vacation setup again, but that's okay. Actually, this is the first time I'm going to film myself recording this show, so I'm going to upload that to YouTube as well. So if you're listening on the podcast form, you can check the full video out on YouTube. And I got a new mic, so if any issues with the mic, just let me know. But we got a new mic, we got a whole new setup here, so we're going to get a new background too, so. It's all coming together, but the big movies, we actually have a couple big movies this week. I did a flash review on Monday, a standalone review with my cousin, but I'm just going to do a quick review here in a little bit. But the first movie I want to talk about is the new Pixar movie, Elemental. I even got, I got a little, I got a little poster for it. I hope you can see that. Got a little poster for it. I really actually love this movie. I wasn't, I'm going to talk about my experience with this film. I, when they first announced what this movie was, and we got a cheesy po- teaser poster, then we got that teaser trailer. I was so, so excited for this film. I, I don't know why. I think I was like the most excited anybody has ever been for Pixar, that anybody was for this film. I was just, I was like, I love the premise. I love the, 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 the design choices. I was looking very forward to it. And then Disney decided to premiere the film at the Cannes Film Festival. And that was a really, really bad idea because the reviews came out and they were just like very middling very mixed reactions and then since then when more critics have been able to see it we've seen the the rotten tomato meter go up and up and up and up and we'll talk about that in a minute but i was i had lowered my expectations just wanting to go in for an enjoyable time but i actually really loved it and i was not expecting that which makes me it makes it even more fun when you weren't expecting to love a film and you do it was a very s- simple story but the simple story it was executed so well that it made up for the fact that i kind of knew it was going to happen which I still, I still loved it. Um, the world building especially carried this film. They have, they have the element cities you see in the trailer with water, earth, fire, and air. That was great. Um, people, the fire town people had their own little town. That was great. You could definitely tell who ran the city. The water people ran the city. You had the air, like some sort of sports games, and you had. They didn't do much the earth though. I thought they could have done more with earth. But you could tell that the water was in charge and they had designed all the structural choices. This movie is very, I wasn't expecting that. It was very heavy heavy on the immigration story and like racism, like racism commentary. I mean, I kind of expected that from the influence it had from Zootopia. This was a lot more with immigration itself and how you as a child, you live up to the live up to your immigrant parents and sometimes it's very hard to do um ember is our main character she's a fire girl she was awesome she was probably one of my favorite pixar protagonists they've had i loved her she was great and i love her arc she had over the film and then her connection with wade made me like wade even more i really did not like wade in the beginning because he was just he was just very annoying but once we got to start meeting his family and stuff like that and towards the end when he was trying to support Am- ember it was just it was a lot lot better but this one you, wade has to grow on you I mean, he's still not my, I still don't love him, but he's much more likable than he was in the beginning because I wanted him to die in the beginning. <laughs> um, and then the other character they were using to promote this film was Clyde, who's a little earth guy. They used him in a lot of clips and stuff, but he was probably only in like three minutes of the movie. So I'm, it was, it's mostly just Amber and Wade and then Amber's, Amber's family, who are the two, her two parents, specifically her father gets a lot more screen time and he's kind of the person she has to live up to. I thought his whole storyline was great. He had a great arc too, just then. It was Ember and her dad that really were the heart of the film and made me love this movie. Um, the animation was absolutely stunning. Coming off a scene across the Spider-Verse where that anime, it's a totally different animation style, but I'd argue that this is like almost as beautiful as Spider-Verse. I just kept staring in awe at what I was watching and the effects they had for the different, specifically the fire. They really made the fire just look absolutely fantastic. And it kind of looked a little 2D-ish, but also not at the same time. The fire was just 
amazing. I loved it. Um, there was it was slow at some parts because you kind of knew what to expect because we've seen a lot of the same structural story before, but told it in a totally new medium. But it, it you they could have cut it probably about five ten minutes out of this. But I honestly not complaining too much. I'm just saying for some people they might find it particularly slow, but I didn't at all because I was just entranced by the visuals that I was watching and the characters themselves. Um, the movie did have an emotional ending like Pixar films do the last five, 10 minutes or so. It got my sister to cry and she doesn't cry at any movie. So that's a feat. That's a feat it can hold. And I was crying. I was crying at the end and they almost went somewhere that I didn't think they would go, but they, they went there for a minute. And this the, the last scene, the last scene was just, it was a perfect ending for this film. The last scene there was. So I have very, very high praise for this film. Not at all what I wasn't expecting to praise it this much, but I am so happy I am because I just, I, I really love this. It's probably one of my favorite Pixar movies. My favorite Pixar movie, I think, is probably Soul, maybe Finding Nemo, one of those two. Turning Red, I really, really love a lot more than a lot of people. And this one, I, I really love it too. I really love Elemental. So one day I'll have to like go down like my top five or top 10 Pixar movies, but they're just, they're such a good studio. And I, I love this film. I'm happy we're getting fix, good Pixar movies back in, back in theaters. Um, I want a sequel to this movie very, very badly, but I don't know if that's going to happen. We're talking about the box office predictions in a moment, but I really enjoyed this. And it was a great directorial debut for Peter Stone, who voiced Socks the Cat in Lightyear. And I loved him in Lightyear. And Peter Stone did a great job directing this. This is his first animated film. So that was great. And then for, actually, my cousin, they came up with a great idea that I should start giving my final thoughts with a popcorn bucket and this is just a test with the flash popcorn bucket but what we're gonna do is at the end of each movie i'm gonna have three rating systems i'm gonna say either popcorn buckets down which means don't go see it popcorn bucket up means do go see it and popcorn bucket up and buy that large large popcorn to fill it and that means it is a movie that i love and i think you will love so this movie is a popcorn bucket up and it is filled to the brim with popcorn you're gonna want to buy a whole large popcorn for this and I highly recommend it. So yeah, it was a great time. And what made it even a greater time was the Carl's Date short. They do the Pixar shorts they play in front of the movies as always. Um, I don't know if they played one in front of Lightyear. I don't recall them playing a Pixar short in front of Lightyear. But the Pixar short they played in front of here was Carl's Date. Um, it's a follow-up to Up. And it show, follow up to Up. And it shows Carl's first time back on the dating scene after Ellie has passed away. <laughs> this short actually made me cry. I don't know why. It's very, very simple, but very cute. Um, Doug and Carl are the only characters in it, and they show why we all love them so much in the first place. Um, this is the last Ed Asner performance in anything, and this it's kind of sweet. He goes out playing Carl. Um, everyone was laughing at Doug in the theater. Just it was it's just him getting ready for a date and trying to motivate himself to go to the date. And they were just oh, it's just it was a great small short. Um, it was very charming. It wasn't anything particularly surprising what I was expecting. But at the end, they started playing the up sad music again, and they showed off some things, and it got me really. It got me teared up actually. Um, it's it was a, it was a good small short. I don't see this winning best best short at the Oscars or anything. I think my still high bar for Pixar shorts is Bow that they played in front of Incredibles two about the the woman whose son is basically like the metaphor of it is um, a little dumpling and then she eats it and stuff like that. I remember we were all like, what the heck are we watching this little dumpling? What is happening? And then, and then by the end of it, we were all in tears and that lady went on to make turning red, which I love too. So bow is the high bar for the Pixar short films at this point. And I love bow. And this is pretty good, not near bow, but it made the overall experience of just a joyful time at the movie theaters. Great. I mean, there was some tears, but it's still a joyful time. It's not going to win best short or anything I said, but good time. 
Um, the next Disney short they're doing is in front of Wish, which they just announced this week that it's going to be called Once Upon a Studio, and it's going to feature Mickey Mouse gathering Disney characters for a group photo. And the film, the short film, includes like forty voice actors, including Genie, with using un- previously unheard audio from Robin Williams, which I'm kind of iffy on because he didn't really like want that unheard audio to be used. So. I don't know. Maybe it's a state gave access to it. I don't want to judge that, but I really love the idea of this. I mean, it's kind of just using the intellectual property to make me excited, but I mean, it's working and I think it's going to be great in front of their hundredth animated studio film. So their shorts, they're coming back. They're coming back. They, they kind of stopped during the pandemic and stuff, but I'm glad the shorts are coming back. It's great. But back to Elemental and the other people's reactions to it. Right now it has a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, last I checked. Um, as I said, the Kane's reaction to the film was very, very poor. It's, they're just a very snobby crowd, and they just don't seem like my type of people. Um, the critics are, though, more muted on this Pixar film compared to other recent releases from the studio. Um, most are saying it's a decent movie with beautiful animation, but nothing that is top-tier Pixar, which is very hard to compete with. But I argue it's probably top-tier Pixar movie. Pixar for me. Um, the box office predictions have just been awful with the film now tracking around mid 30 millions for its opening weekend. Uh, I think it could come higher though. I think it could reach 40s, maybe even 50s because I really enjoy it. I think audiences are going to enjoy this too. I could tell that in my screening, everybody really enjoyed it. The movie cost $200 million to make though, which was just absurd. All the recent Disney films that they've that have come out all have cost $200 million. They can't they can't cost this much to make an animated film. Like, you got to cap it off at 100, 100 max. Because I understand they keep developing the technology, but there's a point where you just use the technology you have. And I understand that the fire stuff was really cool. Maybe that's where all the budget went. And I loved it. But I think you need to be financially sensible here and make a movie that doesn't cost $200 million where you don't have to make $600 million to break even or whatever. Um, the film is most likely going to lose money, as I said, but hopefully it will find an audience in Disney Plus, and that is what has been happening for these past Pixar films, because Bob Chapek, the devil himself, oh, I don't know what that mean, but I really hate Bob Chapek, but he sent all those Pixar movies, he sent, he sent Soul, he sent Luca, and he sent Turning Red all straight to Disney Plus, and he trained the audience to expect, oh, we're gonna watch Pixar movies at our house, and then Lightyear came out last year, Lightyear was okay, it wasn't very good, the first 30 minutes were great, but then it got really bad, but that movie, that movie flopped. They lost a ton of money on this, and this movie is likely going to flop, which is really, really sad because Bob Chapek ruined this freaking studio. Um, it's just, it's just sad. And the Pixar isn't very good at targeting children like they used to be. With they had, we just had Spider Verse, Across the Spider Verse, Super Mario Bros, and Puss in Boots all make tons of money in the animation space, and Pixar is losing behind those right now. So they need to, they need to get their act together on marketing these films. Um, Disney and Pixar hopefully will market the wish a lot better. Um, and it's short film, as I just said, the once upon a studio, um, Elio is their next movie that comes out in March, which we'll talk about the trailer in a minute. And then next summer in June, same release date is inside out Two, And I think that movie is going to do bangers no matter even the quality of the film. I think everybody loves that first inside out so much. They will be back to see this one. So they're good. That's the pass they get. They get that pass with that. I think that movie could be 800 million to a billion dollars because how much people love that first one. And Emmy Polar is coming back. So I think that film is going to make a ton of money, but I want, I want original Pixar movies to do well too. They've, I feel like all the original Pixar movies that have come out, they've all been screwed up by some, some scenarios. And it's really sad because I love turning red. I love soul. And I love elemental. Those are probably some of my favorite Pixar films. Some of my favorite animated films of all time right there. And it sucks. I didn't get to see soul and turning red and Luca in theaters. So Bob J. <laughs> Hopefully elemental will do better next weekend. I think this film could hold very well. Um, there's the only film opening wide next week is No Hard Feelings, which I might be seeing earlier as I'll talk about in a minute. 
but that's that's R-rated, so it's not competing with this. The only animated competition this whole summer is Ruby Gilman Teenage Mermaid. That comes out two weeks from now, but that's tracking to earn like $8 million on his opening weekend. Very, very low. And then, um, what is it? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes out at, in the beginning of August. So it's got a while, and hopefully it can leg out. Um, I just really hope, I hope, it's not looking good, but I hope. And then now I want to switch over to my Flash. I just want to do like a quicker review of this because I have a full, I think, 15-minute review with my cousin Jamie up on the YouTube channel right now and on the and on the podcast feed. So you guys should totally check out that if you want more in-depth thoughts. But I just want to run through a quick of what I thought of this film. I thought, I have very mixed thoughts on this film. First of all, Ezra Miller, I've given my thoughts on him before. I think he should be gone as a Flash, but I'm just going to judge this film not their i'm going to judge their performance in this film and not the actions i just want to talk about the film itself um the ezra miller performance i, I don't know i was middling on it i i i just they were so much the flash character themselves um they spent so much time with them and i was just it got degrading and i didn't care whatever they were i just don't love the flash character and i didn't love i didn't love the character arc in this film i just it just wasn't for me batman Michael Keaton's Batman and Ben Affleck's Batman was great. Ben Affleck was great in the beginning. The opening action scene, we cut back. To whenever time it was on Ben Affleck, oh, it was great. Anytime it was on Ezra Miller, I was like, nope, I don't want to see the Flash character. I don't care enough. I want to go back to the Batman stuff because that's where the cool stuff is happening on his bike and stuff. And then Michael Keaton steals the show at the end with, with Sasha Kai's Supergirl. They were both awesome and they kept... We didn't really get like a final conclusion with them, which is sucked because they were my favorite parts of the movie. Because they usually promote it back. Batman and Supergirl were what they promoted this film on because they couldn't really use Ezra Miller as much. And they were amazing, but they showed off basically all their scenes in the trailer, which sucked because I wanted more. I really wanted more. <laughs> um, the climax, I didn't love. Um, I didn't love the action of the, the, like the action climax, but I did love the emotional climax with Barry and his mom and all that stuff. I love that part, but that was, they felt like they they ruined the action climax because they have to, they had to cut between, they cut between cameos. Let me just say that. I don't want to spoil any cameos, but the cameos really just like, they were in the wrong place. You had to do cameos in the middle of the movie. It was ridiculous where they put the cameos in. Um, the fight scenes were pretty good. The opening fight scene, I liked half of it. I liked the Batman half. I didn't like the Flash stuff. He does some stuff with some babies. Truly awful stuff. I wish I would could have fast forward through those scenes. Um, the Supergirl entrance was great with Michael Keaton and her teaming up. And then the final battle was like, I had so much fun with the final battle because Batman and Supergirl were in it. And I loved it. Um, the CGI of this film is so awful. I can't, it's probably one of the worst CGI I've seen in a long, long time. And the director recently came out and said, it's because we're seeing stuff from the Flash's point of view. So it's a little bit distorted, but the CGI is like that through the entire movie, not just the Flash the flash speed scenes so uh, he's trying to i feel like they're trying to use i don't know it's supposed to be stylized but it just looks truly awful and it kept distracting me the the stuff it was just the faces and they just pioneered some face technology so that ezra miller could be in the same scene with themselves but i could tell every single time whenever their body double was in there and it wasn't ezra miller themselves so i don't think they perfected this the, the, the technology and the cgi was just oh it was so bad um the length of the movie was also way too long. They could have cut probably 20, 30 minutes out of this movie. Just, there was a lot of Ezra Miller jokey scenes when I wanted to get to the Supergirl and Michael Keaton Batman action. I want to get back to the what was happening. There was some, there was a lot of comedy too. And some of the jokes really landed, but other ones just felt flat. I, they, they explain the multiverse a lot, but most of the multiverse they're explaining is with jokes, but it's not really explaining it. There's one good metaphor they have, but the way they explain the multiverse was awful. When you compare that to how Across the Spider-Verse explain the multiverse it was just so much better 
Um, yeah, it just I just wasn't all impressed by the film that they've been hyping up as the best movie of all time. Um, and the cameos at the end, they some of them set up stuff that my friend was like, my cousin saw. And I, she was like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. And I was like, no, we they're not they're probably not coming back to this. Who knows? <laughs> um, so yeah, middle of the road. I say. Because I'm mixed, but I'm leaning more positive because of, at this moment because of Batman and Supergirl. So I say popcorn bucket up, but it is not filled. Don't buy popcorn, excuse me. Popcorn bucket is up, but it's not filled with popcorn. Um, the re- other people's reviews. The reviews have been way harsher on this film than I thought they were. Because uh, funny because of the celebrity like the celebrities that came out. Tom Cruise said he saw it. Stephen King said he saw it. And then David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Brothers, called it the best comic book film of all time. No, it isn't. Um, it has a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it keeps dropping. Um, the reviews are honestly way lower than I expected, but still, it's just so funny to me. It's just total karma how they're like, it's the best movie ever. Audiences are going to love it. Word of mouth is going to carry this film despite the Ezra Miller controversies. The The film is going to be so good that it will keep everyone from, remi- from remembering what Ezra Miller did. No, it's not. It's not that good. Stop lying to yourselves. Um, I don't think this is going to be the big cloud crowd pleaser Warner Brothers thinks it is. The film right now is tracking for a muted 70 million opening and 160 worldwide opening. Black Adam opened with 67 million. It got to 390 million, I think, around there. This would be so awful and funny if it if it does that bad. Because <laughs> it has a budget of 200, 250 million, all with that CGR looking that awful. Um just it's just baffling how they screwed this up. I should have just, uh, uh, I told you if you would have came out and said Ezra Miller is not coming back as a flash, I think that would have done a lot towards audience reception and a lot of other people's reception. I think it's just DC, DC is just, it's just not a good state right now. Ezra Miller had a lot to do with this opening and then the marketing, like they're marketing them like they are desperate. Um, the current state of DC is very, very rough. Um, they have Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 1984, Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and the Suicide Squad. All have made no, no no money and all probably have lost money for the studio. Except maybe Birds of Prey, which had a very had a much lower budget. I think it had only around 100 million. So maybe that film might have made money, but none of the other ones filmed money. The only film that made money was the Batman, and that wasn't even in the DC Extended Universe. So please let this show Warner Brothers that let's not as let Ezra Miller coming back. And then I hope James Gunn realizes that it's time to reboot the whole reboot the whole DCU. Don't keep anything. The general audience is sick of the DCEU. We need a fr- uh, we need a fresh start um the saga of the flash finally coming to end and who knows when the weekend totals come out i, I think it's probably gonna end up in the 60s honestly although some people think it could be higher i think i don't think audience is gonna love this film to be honest with you i just it's not gonna looking good for this film and i'm glad i'm glad it's over though i genuinely have no idea how general audiences are gonna react to this film though i think they're not gonna like it but who knows at this point who knows i was so wrong about the mario film who knows <laughs> but yeah Flash is finally over. The drama is finally over, and we can move on. Um, now I want to talk about the film that came out last week, Transformers: Rise of the Beast. It opened to 61 million, beating the second weekend of Across the Spider Verse, and then this triples the opening weekend of Bumblebee back in 2018. Um, that opened with 21 million, I think. And then overseas, Transformers: Rise of the Beast came in with a total of 170 million dollars. It's a solid opening for the struggling for the struggling franchise. Uh, it's climbing back. From Michael Bay, at least, because of the they made, he made. I, I think most people think the first Transformers film was good, and the next four were awful. But they're climbing. They're trying to regain this franchise. It has an A minus cinema score, which is a low, low, which is a lower cinema score for this franchise. But it's on par with Bumblebee, which is not what I was expecting. I don't see this film lagging out with the competition. Friday, 
was the only day it actually beat across the Spider-Verse, but that was with Thursday night previews. So if you take Friday, the pure Friday, it would lose it across the Spider-Verse. So it's just, it's not looking as good. Spider-Verse is definitely beating it this coming weekend. Transformers is tracking to drop this coming weekend in the high 60s. It's just, just not a great showing for the once billion dollar franchise. Although this performance was enough to get to, for Paramount, I think, to confirm or to green light, maybe not. Maybe they're just putting it in development. I'm not sure the exact wording until they see if they make money on this film. But their Transformers sequel is coming with Stephen Stephen Capel Jr. returning, and we'll deal with any of the Rise of the Beast that they set up. So Paramount is at least happy with this performance, at least, or maybe they're announcing this so they get people to go see this current film. But I I really don't like the ending to Rise of the Beast. Some people are loving it, but I didn't like the ending of it, so I kind of wish we just. Let's just go back to Bumblebee. Can we go back to Bumblebee and just have Haley Steinfeld in these? I'd, I would like that a lot more. And they came out there trying to make this a trilogy. I don't know. And then now they put Stephen Cappell Jr. in front of the whole Transformers universe. We're saying you need someone to be that, but I don't think it's him. I just, don't, I just don't like it. Also, they have the animated Transformers 1 film that comes out next year with Chris Hemsworth voicing Optimus Prime. I think that's actually going to do really well. Maybe even better than this Transformers Rise of the Beast. It's just... This is just a middling debut for a middling franchise. But a film that is doing pretty, pretty well this is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It had a 55 million second weekend at the box office. It only dropped 54% from its 120 million opening weekend. It could have been better if it didn't have Transformers coming out and taking all the IMAX, the Dolby, all the premium screens. It's good for a film that opens so big. Um, The MCU drops all the other, like, big superhero movies have been dropping in the low 60s to, to almost to 70 besides Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 but that, that also didn't have any competition the second weekend so it, this is this is very good though it could have been better if you didn't have Transformers coming out still in all its thunder but very good and it's holding very well throughout the week it's already already worldwide it's past the first and first Spider-Verse film into the Spider-Verse about made 390 million roughly around the Black Adam number and it already passed that so uh, this film is holding Really, really well on the weekdays. So this could be the biggest film of summer. I think it might be. It's probably going to end with a high 600 to low $700 million range on a $100 million budget. So that's just an incredible performance for this film. I just keep listening to the soundtrack on repeat. I don't skip any of the songs. And this is that's really rare for me. I just I just love that soundtrack. My favorites are probably Hummingbird, Self Love, and then Mona Lisa. Those are my three favorites. And I highly recommend checking out this Cross Spider-Verse soundtrack. And then another Spider-Man news, Sony just dated November 8th, 2024, and June 27th, 2025 for Spider-Man release dates. Specifically, the June 27th, 2025 was mentioned that it is a live-action Spider-Man film. I don't know if that means that's going to be Spider-Man 4. It seems very early, considering what Tom Holland just said. So who knows? I think November 8th, 2024 is either going to be Venom 3, or it is going to be Beyond the Spider-Verse if it gets delayed. And I really don't want Beyond the Spider-Verse to get delayed, but it just dated those, so... More Sony Spider-Man films coming. Yay! I just... If they're Phil Lord and Chris Miller are making them, then I'm happy. Or if they're part of the MCU, then I'm happy. But other than that, I don't need to see any more Sony Spider-Man films. I think I'm good. And then lastly, box while we're sticking with the box office stuff, I just want to mention that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Little Mermaid are still in there, holding exceptionally well. Little Mermaid made $22 million this past week. It only dropped 45%. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is that made 7 million only dropping 37%. These are just incredible performances for these two films. Little Mermaid overseas though is struggling, but it's probably still going to turn a profit. I think it's probably going to end around 600 million and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 passed 800 million, so it's the second second biggest film of the year. So Disney should hang their head high knowing those two films perform pretty well and hopefully Elemental does well, but it's not looking good. And then I want to switch over to some Disney news. We had 
I I let out an audible no when I heard when I woke up to this news the other day, and my family was like, "What's what's wrong?" And I'm like, "They delayed all of their films." And I texted my friends, and I was like, I, "I'm I'm very sad. My day is ruined." The worst of them being the Avatar films, and I don't I've yeah I've raved about Avatar on this podcast before. Avatar: The Way of Water is one of my favorite films of all time. I think it was my favorite film of last year. And I was looking so forward to seeing the re- the next three films. Avatar 3 was supposed to come out next December, December 2024. And I was like, okay, I can wait that long. I'm excited. Well, it just got moved back to December of 2025. I'm very sad about that because I want to see that movie. But it gets worse. Avatar 4, which was scheduled for December of 2026, have been mo- has been moved back to December of 2029. And Avatar 5, which was scheduled for December of 2028, is now scheduled for December of 2031. <laughs> I'm going to be 25 when the, when the Avatar 5 comes out. I could have kids when Avatar 5 comes out. Oh, it's so long. The, that means the first Avatar film and last Avatar film, if they do make the release dates, will come out 22 years apart, and James Cameron will be 70-something years old. Whew, this is a lot. <laughs> I'm just, I'm very, I'm very sad when this news came out because I want to go back to that Pandora. But I think it honestly might work in their favor because I think the longer they take a break, the more audience is going to hunger to see this franchise. Like the momentum isn't dying down. People will go back and see Avatar. And when you make it more of every three year or four year experience, people are gonna be like, oh, I got to see this in theaters. I got to see it right now. But I'm still very sad because <laughs> I want to see these movies. But hey, at least they're at least they're still coming. At least they weren't canceled. But I think this also might give James Cameron time to work on his a Terminator film that he said he's writing. So who knows? Maybe this will all be for the better, but I'm also very sad. And then a ton of Marvel movies got release date changes, some of which I'm sad about, but also we're still getting all these films. Like, we're still getting a Marvel movie in the dates they had scheduled, so it's not the worst thing. But Deadpool 3 got moved up from November 8, 2024 to May 3rd, 2024. That's a Captain America Brave New World State, but it's going to be the opener of the summer next year. I think that's a good idea. I think this is like the first time an R-rated film has opened summer, though, which is pretty crazy. But I think with all the X-Men shenanigans and all the cameos and Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in it, that's going to do exceptionally well to count the summer. Captain America, Brave New World. Bra- Brave New World. <laughs> I think I said Brave New World Order earlier, but it's Brave New World. That got its date taken by Deadpool 3, and it's been pushed back to July 26, 2024, which used to be the Thunderbolts date, which I think it's a good, good day. I think it worked better as an opener in May, but July is pretty good. Thunderbolts got delayed from July 26, 2024 to December 20th of 2024, and I don't see this being a very good Christmas movie, but that took Avatar's release date, so they had, Disney had to put something in Christmas, but I'm glad the space between Captain America, Brave New World, and Thunderbolts isn't so far off because they're a two-parter, so at least make me happy. And then Blade, which is just in development hell at this point, that was scheduled for September 6, 2024. It was going to play through Halloween and stuff, and now it comes out for Valentine's Day. It comes out Valentine's Day 2025. For that Valentine's Day weekend. Very odd release date. It had the perfect release date. But this film is not even finished written. It hasn't even been finished written yet. They've had so many creative overhauls. The only thing they haven't changed is Mahershala Ali as a star. And he's getting up there in age. So they need to make this movie quick. But I'm honestly like not. Blade's never been my favorite character. So I don't know. They could probably just cancel it. I wouldn't be that sad. Fantastic Four got changed from Valentine's Day 2025 to May 2nd, 2025. So that's opening the summer. I think that's great. Casting rumors have been all over the place with people, different people being rumored. Adam Driver is rumored to be to be Reed Storm, and I love that. I love that. So I'm I'm gonna be excited for them. I need to see the cast and stuff like that, but I'm glad it's opening the summer. And then both the next Avengers King Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars, those both got delayed a year. So now they're gonna be May of 2026 and then May of 2027. So they got a long time to figure out their Jonathan Major stuff, but 
it's a whole mess with the writer strike. It's it's the writer strike, and uh, once one thing gets delayed, Marvel's got to lay all their other stuff because it's all connected. Which oh, just studios just pay your writers, and we wouldn't have to deal with all this. <laughs> but and then Star Wars got some dates. Star Wars. There was one that was scheduled for December of 2025. That's been moved to May 22nd, 2026, which I thought Star Wars was done with Memorial Day openings after Solo crashed and burned as a Memorial Day opening. But who knows? Maybe they'll try that again. And then Star Wars, they delayed, they dated one for December 18th, 2026, and then another one for December 17th, 2027. So that means we're getting two Star Wars films in one year. I'll believe it when I see it. And then they'll have a Star Wars film after that. Hopefully this is those three movies they announced with uh, Daisy Ridley's Ray film probably coming in that May 22nd spot, I think. Then maybe the Mandalorian film for the first December, and I think James Mangold's Star Wars film for the second for the 2027 slot. That's just my theory, but who knows if those films are actually going to be made, and these dates are going to get met. Who knows? Um, and then Alien, the new live-action Alien movie they're doing, which is or I think it was originally supposed to go to Hulu, it is now be giving is now going to be given a theatrical release on August 26th, August 16th. 2025 i think 2025 either 2025 or 2024 this might be screwed up but i'm glad i'm glad we're getting i think 2024 because they're filming it right now but i'm glad they moved this off of streaming into theaters that's what they should have done with prey they should have put prey in theaters and hopefully they've learned their lesson with that and then the last movie they got dated was moana live action with Dwayne johnson starring for june 27 2025 but that is really also the date that sony decided a live action spider-man film so I see Moana probably moving back or moving up to the Memorial Day weekend of 2025. I would probably suggest that, but hey, it's actually going to work. I didn't think this movie was actually going to ma- get made for probably five years because remember the Hercules one that got announced? That has never seen a lot of day. And then another one that just got announced is the Bambi movie that is with Sarah Pauly, who just won an Oscar for Women Talking. It says she's directing and most likely writing. They didn't want to announce it because of the writer's strike, but I don't see that movie honestly happening. It's just, I'm, I'm surprised Moana is actually happening because I feel like Disney live action is a tricky stick because they announced stuff's happening. They announced Aladdin 2 is happening. They announced Jungle Book 2 is happening. And it's they announced Cruella 2 is happening and Jungle Cruise 2 is happening. None of those have seen the light of day and I want them to see the light of day. I don't understand. Well, their, their creative director needs some help. And they keep sending movies straight to Disney Plus when they should be put in theaters. They just announced recently they're doing Hocus Pocus 3. I'm like, put that in theaters. People will see it in theaters. Don't put it straight to streaming again. Like, you such idiots. <laughs> it just makes me so mad. So, Disney, least schedule delayed. But hey, they put also put out a trailer for the next Pixar film on the same day to, I guess, to garner better press. But really, the Elio trailer was just for the new Pixar film, Illy. Elio, Elio, it didn't play in front of Elemental, which is what they put it out for. My screening didn't show the Elio trailer in it, which I was very surprised by. Um, I had no hype for this film coming out of D23 where they announced it and showed off like the first look at it. This is not the Pixar content I was looking for. It's about uh, they kid these aliens kidnap a kid and take him to the, like, the council of the galaxy and they were like, we have to wipe his memory because they think he's the leader of Earth. So he lies about being the leader of Earth and Earth is on trial for some reason. It's very much a teaser, a teaser for this film. We don't learn a ton about it. But I was actually really surprised by the teaser. I kind of loved it. It was it was so funny. There was a few jokes that got me laughing out loud. The they said we'll say we'll say goodbye to you in the earth in the earth goodbye. I love you. Bye. <laughs> and then the character at the end said he ate his mother. <laughs> it was great. I'm not in love with the animation style. Elemental just looks so beautiful, and I, it's gonna be hard. Same with Across the Spider. It's gonna be hard for other animated films to compete with that. And I didn't love the style they had here. They really didn't show a lot, but I think the space stuff could be really good. Um, this might be the family hit that Pixar needs, but who knows? I think this could be it. I just hope the comedy of this film can live up to the trailer. 
because it was just it was just so funny. I loved the trailer. It was a very charming film. It looks so much better than I thought it would. Maybe we'll, Pixar will win next year with Elio coming out in March. I think it comes out early March, and then Beyond the Spider-Verse is scheduled for the end of March. And then Inside Out 2 comes out in June of next year. So anyway, maybe it'll be a really good year for animation next year too. And then for lastly, what is coming next week? Um, for the big release of next week is No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence starring in this new R-rated comedy. My mother is so excited for this film. I thought the trailer looked hilarious, so I had to show it to her. Now it's like her most, she wants to see that movie. She's like, what is this really coming out again? I need to just go see it. And Jennifer Lawrence, I love that she's doing a comedy like this. I just, the trailer looked great. I was laughing out loud multiple times in this film. It just looks like a sun, such a good time. And I'm trying to see an early screening on Saturday, but we will see. And if I do, I will do like a quick review like I did for The Flash since I saw that early. So check it out. Keep, keep an eye out for that. But I'm very excited for that film. Um, Asteroid City is also going wide. I think this Wes Anderson film. As someone who has seen, someone who says it's seen it all, I have actually never seen a full Wes Anderson film. Um, this one looks good, but the reviews have been very muted on this film. It's in like the mid-70s or low mid-60s. I can't remember, which is very low for Wes Anderson. The trailer just looked weird to be weird. I don't like those types of trailers. Ones that are just weird being weird and people are like, oh, it's just cinema. I'm like, no, it's just, it's just gobbledygook. I don't really like, as a person who does not enjoy abstract art, art I don't like the stuff like, oh, but it's so it looks so creative and that's what makes it beautiful. I'm like, no, it's just someone splashed paint all over the wall. Let's be real here. Um, I love the cast of this film, but I just don't think that Anderson style is the Wes Anderson style is for me. I'm going to try this week, but we'll see. I also want to catch up on blackening. So who knows what keeps in store for me, but we'll see. I just, I just don't love how they put this film together and uh, at all. And I don't think it's going to do that well with audiences. I think they've honestly grown tired of the Wes Anderson style, but who knows? And then, for on streaming, the big show finally is coming out. Secret Invasion is finally coming out after we got that trailer last August at, at San Diego Comic-Con. It's right now, I think, you want to check it live? I, last I checked, it was in it was in the mid-60s, but it might have dropped lower. It's at 69%, so nice number. It's gone up, but it's not the reaction that Marvel was hoping for. I was ex- I'm excited for a more grounded show like The Winter Soldier. But most of the critics are calling it slow and very talkative, like not much happens, it drags. And it's only six episodes long, so they should have just made it a movie. Like with Obi-Wan, I watched a two and a half hour cut of that. It was so much better. If you're just going to do six episodes, six episodes, even if they're an hour long, cut it down, make it a nice two hour, 45 minute movie. I think it would just, you could have shaved off, could have had a bigger budget, just, it would just been a lot better. It's ridiculous that they still haven't figured out this simple structural TV show on Disney+. Plus. I love Loki. I love WandaVision but other, and Mandalorian. Maybe Andor. Probably that's it. That might be it for TV shows I love on Disney+. Plus. But I just uh, Disney Plus is all screwed up. It's still ridiculous they're dropping this at 3 a.m. in the morning. It's just, why? Drop this at a normal freaking time like HBO. That way you can get people talking about it. And there's supposed to be huge surprises. And if people don't get up and watch it when it first comes out, they're probably going to get that spoiled for them. It just makes me very mad. I'm very disappointed the reactions are coming out for this. I was hoping for much better with these reactions, but they are just based off the first two episodes, so hopefully it gets a lot better. There's As I said, there's going to be major reveals, but who knows if they can make up for those other bad parts. Maybe I'll love it for sure, but I don't know. Check check back here next week, and I'll talk about it. Um, Extraction 2 comes out on Netflix tomorrow, or today probably when you guys are reading this, listening to this. I haven't seen the first film, but this one's actually getting pretty good reviews. It has a long one-take action scenes, a couple of them. I probably won't watch it unless I hear it's so good that I have to, because then I'd have to watch the first film, and I don't want to watch the first film. So, who knows? Chris Hemsworth, 
I thought he was taking a break from acting. Maybe he filmed this before that, but I'm glad Crimson, Chris Hemsworth is still doing well after he figured out he might have that gene with Alzheimer's. So I'm glad, glad Chris Hemsworth is doing well. So I don't know. You guys go watch that. Tell me what you think if you watch that. Maybe I need to catch it out. Check it out. If, if someone tweets me and I need to watch it, then I'll watch it. Um, and then sticking with the Netflix news, last thing that's happening is, I think it's happening Saturday, maybe even tomorrow, is Chris uh, is the is the Netflix to dumb event, which is their big announcement events. And we'll probably see, we're going to first look at Avatar last Airbender live action, maybe some stranger things season five news. So I'm going to break the, all that down next week. If any news comes out of there, but I don't know. Netflix has not been doing it for me lately. So who knows, but that'll do it for this week's episode of seeing it all. Thank y'all for listening so much. What did you think of the flash and elemental? Did the flash disappoint you? Like he did me. Did you love elemental like me? Who knows? Everybody is, entitled to their own opinion i'd love to hear about it you can follow me let me know on all my social media channels we're on instagram twitter youtube and facebook so follow us all there and right when i get out of the films i've been doing initial reactions on my social media so make sure to check those out and you can see what i think of before the official show comes out and make sure you subscribe to me on youtube because i'm going to start doing more shows on youtube itself maybe go live there a couple times i just put a whole flash review on youtube first before it went on to spotify so yeah Make sure to check me out there and make sure to come back next week for my review of No Hard Feelings. Maybe I might see that early. Who knows? I'm probably reading No Hard Feelings. Definitely Secret Invasion. And we'll talk about all the news that comes out from Netflix to Dumb Event. But thank you all for joining. Y'all have a good night now. Bye-bye.